0: Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership podcast for women. This is a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the leader of their life. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women that feature guest interviews, as well as solo episodes with Maya. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the My Opinion Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now, in her opinion, here's your host, Maya Roffler.
1: Welcome back to my opinion and welcome back to another Motivation Monday. I am super pumped to have Carrie Gard back on the show for another episode. We haven't talked in a while, so happy to have you back here. Carrie is the CEO of MKG Marketing. Carrie, so excited to have you back.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, Maya. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. It's been
1: a little while. The last episode we did together was so much fun. We talked about so many different things, and remote work was a huge topic that we talked about. And your insights were incredible. But today we're going to kind of shift gears and talk about some things that you've discovered as a CEO and some things that have been going on for you, but are so relevant right now in just. The work ecosystem and really small business world right now. So, I hope all of you guys find this helpful. So, let's just dive in, Carrie. Tell us a little bit about what's been going on in your world, but really, just to kind of tease it, the hiring world is what we're going to be talking about right now.
2: Yeah. And I think this is relevant for more than just small businesses. I think this is really for anybody who's trying to figure out how to hire and what's next. The hiring market. In general feels really hard. And I think it feels really hard because we've all sort of leaned on this idea of hiring people who can do it all. And we've left a generation behind. At least that's what I'm finding. I, you know, for the last 10 years, we sort of prided ourselves on only hiring experts in SEO, digital advertising and analytics, people who can think strategically and high level, and then they can dig into the weeds and optimize campaigns and figure out what title tags and meta descriptions are going to be right for your page. And really trying to find those folks now is, is tough. It's, they are hard to come by, and they're you know they're settled where they are, and they don't want to move. And trying to get them to come over here is financially tricky. I've had people leave the last year or so to go in house for salaries that are you know fifty percent more than what they were getting with us, and we can't as a small business week, we can't compete with that. Sure. And so when I went to Higher for their roles, what I was finding was that I, unless I was willing to put out that kind of change, I wasn't going to get that kind of talent. And so we comp- did a complete reorg and figured out that we need to take these experts, these unicorns we've happened to find for so long and cultivate and pull their skills apart from the people who can think very high level and strategic of like what our clients and their brands need to the channel planners, okay, here's how these channels work from Google to Facebook to LinkedIn and how we need to cultivate that to fit the strategy to then the doers who keep things going and and get the campaigns up and running and, and keep the lights on, so to speak, from an execution standpoint. So it's been a complete shift in how we've been thinking for so long. I like fought it because I was like, no, we will not have hierarchy and we will not have our clients be talking to people at the top to then be having the execution at the bottom. And we're still trying to navigate what that feels like for clients because I totally agree that that's not sustainable a sustainable model. It's what we've all left and sort of run away from, but it's also not sustainable to think we can find these unicorns forever of people who can do it all.
1: I love that. I love everything you just said, but I love that you're calling them unicorns because that's what they are, right? And we are really shifting into this different world of hiring and how we're looking at it. And so Carrie and I, just so you guys who are listening know, we're, we're catching up and you were sharing all of this with me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to have you back on the podcast because your, your episode was very well listened to. And it's because you're such a wealth of knowledge. And so I love how open you are and that you're sharing this with us, but I am experiencing this a little bit as well, which I did not share with you yet. I don't have the same business model as you uh, in my event logistics business. Which i talk about a little bit on the podcast. I don't open up as much about that, but I use mostly contractors. And even in that capacity, I've had to open up my mindset a little bit more and go for the, the ones that are out of school. And just fresh out of school and maybe did a little bit of the event planning at college or did a couple of event gigs instead of the ones that have been around for, you know, like me, 15 years doing this, right? So because the 15 year of experience, 20 year of experience are either working at a high level at a corporate position or someone like Myself, or like you carry, where we're running our own business, right? Or we're expecting that kind of salary, right? So that's kind of the unicorn. And so I'm not going to get that talent. And also, me being so small and boutique and what I do, that has been a shift, especially in the past, you know, these lovely COVID years. So I see it personally, in my opinion, on two sides. I see it as a wonderful thing for people who have the experience. It's great for them if they want that experience to go to the big corporate world and do those things. Wonderful for you. If that's what you choose to do, great. But for us as the people hiring and, and moving through that process, I it, it's been a learning for me too. You're much further into it, and that's why I wanted you to talk about this, because I am now like, okay, I see it kind of as like molding like clay. Okay. So if this person's coachable, teachable, open, and they at least want to be a part of this, I'm open to it now. But I want to hear a little bit more about that from you because you're more more into this than me. But in my opinion, I'm like so open to those people now because I think they can become those unicorns and grow with you.
2: Yeah, I think it's a couple things. We tried to do this. Sorry, sorry. Mm, very loud motorcycles. Windows are open. Very hot here. You know, we tried to do this a few years ago, but we didn't have the right infrastructure in place to make it happen. And we didn't have the right, we didn't have our team on board either, right? So people who were doing the teaching weren't ready to teach. They weren't in the right place or the mindset. They're like, no, 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 we got this. It's easier and faster if we just do it, right? And that was... Three years ago. So for them it didn't make sense. But now for where we are and for the team that we have, they're all on board. Like we I got buy-in, I sat down with all of my stakeholders and said, Who do you need right now? Like I can hire an expert if you feel like you're gonna just hand things off and check them out of they're gonna happen. But it feels like you're looking for the fact you're looking for someone that can keep the lights on for you, like you've done the hard work and the legwork. And now it's not necessarily you want somebody to come in and and do something totally different. Like you want somebody to keep that going. And they were like, yes, that's exactly what we want. And I said, so it sounds like we need specialists over experts. I'm like, yes. And so I was able to really get that buy-in first because they have to do the lick work. They have to do the teaching and the cultivating. And if I don't have them in the boat with me, then those poor specialists are going to sit around twiddling their thumbs as some of us did in our early years as assistants. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't didn't want that. So that was the first thing I did was get buy-in. And then the second thing was, I looked to key stakeholders in the team and I said, hey, you have these unique skills. I have one person who's a professor and a teacher. And I was like, this is the perfect timing. I was like, tell me, what do we need to, what she's been calling it, The pedagogy, how we teach here at MKG is the pedagogy, so that we can set the standard across the whole organization of how experts are going to work with specialists in teaching them how to do what it is that they do. And so, having that foundational element, and I'm happy to share when I once I have it, happy to share that with you. But having those foundational elements in place so that when specialists come in, we have a path forward for them of what learning looks like here and then layering their career. Like they have a clear career path. You're going to come in as a specialist. We're going to train you up into an expert. Once you're an expert, there's going to be certain layers between you really owning your clients and going. And then there's other opportunities for you here. But if you're at a flat organization like we tried to be for so long, there's no, there's no progression. And so you lose people and it's really giving them that opportunity to like come in And learn from those experts and then have a path forward in the long run. Hey everyone, it's Maya, the host of the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership
1: podcast for women. I hope you're enjoying this incredible episode of the podcast. Now you can learn more about leadership and how to be the leader of your life. You can click on the show notes right now and download your guide on how to be the leader of your life, written by me, Maya Roffler. We'll go over the four pillars of how to be the leader of your life. We'll review your values, your mission, not only your purpose, but your purposes, and your vision. And as a bonus within the guide, you will actually get a 15-minute complimentary call with me, Maya, to talk about how you can become the leader of your life. So download the guide right now and enjoy the rest of this podcast episode. I think what you just shared is invaluable because that's huge. Because when you go into, I, I think when we're young and we go into our first job or even second or third, we don't realize that we're looking for that. We don't realize that we're looking for a career path. We don't realize that we're looking to learn, and we don't real, we don't realize that we and we want a paycheck. Yeah, we want to get student loads happening. <laughs>
2: we're going to pay off our student loads, Yeah.
1: We want to pay off our certain loans. We want to, you know, go out to eat, have fun with our friends, and make our rent. And that's all we're really looking at at the time. That's it. That's it. And along the way, we start to realize, Carrie, everything you just said. And so, what an amazing thing that. You guys are implementing because that is what gets retention, and that is also what helps you grow internally, is creating this infrastructure that you guys are doing. So, this is amazing advice to all of you who are listening because what a transformation that you know if you didn't have this strong infrastructure of this path. And, and I know, I mean, looking back on my career and, and if I was 22, 21, you know, coming out of college and I interviewed with your company and you were like, well, you start as a specialist and you are under this expert and they teach you. And then you go here and then I would be like, wow. Cause to know where you're going takes away a level of anxiety. Right. And it also oh, yeah. helps you understand alignment with the company that you're going to. It really empowers you.
2: Yeah, I want to say too, in that is as helpful it is for the person you're hiring, that's incredibly important, right? It's two way straight. So you have to make sure that the person you're hiring is has this path forward, but also for you as either the business owner or the team manager, that you're creating redundancy. So when you have people out, sick, mental health days, paternity leave, whatever the case may be, you're creating a sense of redundancy in that you have some, you have backup one way or the other, whether it's the expert jumping in to keep the lights on, or whether you have the expert or the specialist leveling up to cover them while they're out, or God forbid you have somebody completely leave, you have somebody now to step in and say, I got this because I've worked on this account for so long, or I've been working on this piece of business, or the way of doing this for so long that I, I got this. There's nothing worse than having one of your unicorns leave and then trying to fill that position with another unicorn. But by creating this redundancy, it relieves a lot of that uh, pressure that you're under, whether managing a team or even a company.
1: Yeah, and I love that you're. Again, I love your vulnerability. I've I've loved this about you since I met you, and we we talked the first time. And I am watching this right now. I have like two or three you know, we all, as entrepreneurs, we all have friends that are also entrepreneurs. You just start to attract them, right? Because you share your pains, mm-hmm. your, your wins, all of that stuff together. Totally. And a couple of them are coming to mind right now that are going through this. And I'm like raising my hand. Cause I've gone through this too. When your unicorn leaves, you're like, who's going to do it? <sighs> you, you, you're the one that ends up doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, or if you have another unicorn, I mean, you're very lucky, but So that's why these internal processes are so powerful for you to have. You said it beautifully, just not just for the person coming in and understanding their trajectory and what they're going to get out of it and that there is growth. And it's not just, okay, we'll work here. Then we can go there. It's up to them. It's what they make of it. But then for you, you're going to be this well-oiled functioning machine um, regardless of what happens, because we're not, we're human. We're not robots. Things are going to happen to your point. People go out, you get sick, things happen. COVID happened to us. I swear if I
2: never hear that word ever again, I'll be so happy. <laughs> not going anywhere anytime soon. So yeah, creating some redundancy is not a bad idea. <laughs> right. I mean, right. It's just the
1: point in that word alone. So I think that's wonderful. So what if, what advice would you give to everybody listening Carrie, I I mean, because this was a journey for you to create this and go through this. So someone listening to this going, oh my gosh, yep, I have my, they might be envisioning, oh, that's my unicorn because I'm looking back on this, recalling, going through this myself. What advice would you give on beginning this implementation? Because- you are, are you're in the thick of it right
2: now doing this. Mm-hmm, yes. So we're just literally hired. Start? I see an email that just came through with my first specialist that just signed the contract. So, yeah, I love yeah. it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So definitely in the thick of it. And I hired an analytics expert that took me months, months to find. So yes, I'm definitely like whelped to my knees in this transition. You know, I think what it comes down to is really taking a step back what's really what I've done here is I just, there was a couple of things coming at me. One of them was salaries. Everybody wanted better salaries. You know, people were leaving. So people were feeling like, well, I better up my salary because we have people leaving and I know that there's a crunch coming. And so like, you better pay me better, right? And so instead of reacting to that and just all of a sudden giving everybody more money and just like holding out for the best, I took a breath (laughs) (laughs) talked to my coach, my therapist, (laughs) my business partner, and just took a very big step back and said, who do we need? What's going to move the business forward? What does the team feel like they need from a support standpoint? Where are they interested in going? And what does this structure of our organization really look like? One of the things that we found in doing that was, People wanted an opportunity to set the standard of what it meant to be here. They didn't want to manage people and they didn't want to be a manager in a sense, but they wanted to lead. They wanted an opportunity to say, this is how we do things here. And and so we created a lead role. We said, great, when you get to a certain level here and you check these certain boxes, You're considered a lead and you're going to set the standard of what this means and create the templates and create and drive meetings for your service lines and really lead your service line through those standards. And that came out of taking a minute, taking a step back and understanding where people wanted to go. And the specialist came out of understanding who they need. Strategy came out of also understanding where people wanted to go. People were like, I don't want to be in a single channel. I want to see the big picture and I want to understand how all these things connect. And I want to see what our clients are doing and in knowing what they're doing, how that affects us. And we're like, well, that's very big picture and a completely different role than just being in a single channel. So just take a breath. It's all coming at you at a thousand miles an hour. But if you can go collect the right data and then organize it in a way that makes sense for your business and your organization your team then you can move forward in a way that's going to help everybody, especially you in getting the right people in the right seat to drive that team and business forward.
1: I think once again, Carrie put so well, but I think there's a couple of key things that you said in that is one, you are not reactive. And I think that's a huge mistake. This is just my opinion. Because sometimes you have to, this is something, this is a controversy and maybe a whole other episode, but I think, you know, sometimes you have to react, right? Like a ship is sinking, the Titanic's sinking, you gotta react, right? You gotta get people off the boat, you gotta react, right? But I think a big mistake a lot of leaders make is continuous reactivity, right? They're continually reactive. And I don't think that being a continually reactive leader lead you to being a productive leader because you have to be proactive to be a good leader. That's just, again, my opinion. So I love what you're, what you're saying and the advice that you're giving me and my listeners in take a step back, take a breath when, when this is going or happening, or there's big changes or movement happening and really understand why these things are going on. And, that's what you did and understand and get, get the full scope and get the data, get the information, because I always say numbers don't lie, data doesn't lie. So you want to get that concrete information. I I love that. And then I really love how you took in the information from the specialists and how they wanted to see bigger picture and all that, you know, all that information I think is very valuable too. It's, it's huge. And I think, you know, again, I just feel very strongly about reactivity and being reactive because I have watched a lot of, I've worked for people before I went out on my own and I watch other businesses do this. And when you react very quickly, it can lead down the wrong path. That's kind of just my two cents on that.
2: It can. I mean, to your point, you do need to be reactive in certain instances, but you should have some systems and processes for those sinking ship moments of like, okay, what's the order of operations of how we're going to get out of this? And then in terms of new things that are sort of happening, it's it's just a matter of, I can't make, I keep saying this to my team, I can't make decisions in the dark. So I'd love to have the answers for you right now. I don't. I got to go on a fact-finding mission. And that's with having conversations with you. That's looking at what's happening in the market. That's learning from my own gut and instinct of where we need to go next. And then coming to you with a plan based off of that data, to your point, that I've collected. But we can't. We can't make decisions in the dark and we, it's ultimately up to us to make the decision, but it's not necessarily meaning we're making the decision alone.
1: Yeah. I love that. You can't make decisions in the dark. That's perfect analogy for this, right? It's, it's totally true. You can't. So as people are going to, I think this is just a universal thing that's happening. And as people are making the decision to hire these individuals that are Perhaps fresh out of school, maybe didn't go to school and are just really eager to learn and growing and are are willing to mold, be molded and and learn and grow. I guess, you know, what advice would you give again to us in hiring these, these people? Like when we do hire them, I think you've given some great advice already, but anything else you would add to that? Because I think there's a lot of apprehension to, to that. Right. I mean, there were, I'm raising my hand cause there was for me when I started doing it, but some of the best people that I've hired have been completely green Carrie. Like I got schooled on that, like
2: for yes. real
1: schooled on it. Cause they've been some of the best people because it's a clean slate and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And they want to learn everything under the sun. Sometimes you got to slow them down. Cause they're like ready to learn it all. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. That's in my opinion and my experience, but I would love to hear from you because again, you are in the thick of it. I love that you just got that email as we're chatting. That's so cool. <laughs> I'd love to hear from you and, and your advice as you're going through this right now and a lot of change. What advice would you give to us in hiring people who might not have all those skills, might not be that complete expert, but yeah.
2: they're willing to learn? So I accidentally put out a job description on LinkedIn. I didn't even boost it. I just needed a link. I was just like, all right, I was going to create this job description on LinkedIn. It was for specialists. So it's somebody with one, I said one to two years of experience. You can say zero experience depending on what systems and processes you have in place. I said one to two. I posted it to my LinkedIn just as an evergreen post. Again, did not boost it. And I got 345 applicants. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what do you do? I had to shut it off because I was getting five to six emails a minute saying I had a new applicant. I was like, ah. And so it's really about figuring out, again, going back to who do you need, right? I'm sure out of those 345 applicants, half of them were ready to go, rip roaring, ready to go. But I had to think about, well, I need um, people who have some SEO foundational elements who can get up running and go as well as account direction, because those were my two service lines that needed the most support right now. And so I did a ton of filtering to figure out, okay, who has that experience that I can start with. Right. And then I, I narrowed the pool. Again, it really comes back to who do you need right now? Because if you can find people who have just an a year of experience, to your point, Maya. Like they are learning so fast that that year is like five years in expert world. Like it, it takes us so much longer to learn once we have like, you know, once you get all that foundational elements in place and you know how things run and you know systems and processes of how things work, and then adding on to that every year gets harder and harder because you have less room to sort of grow and then you sort of have to just be decide to break out and go do something completely different. So that year of experience is is crazy and crucial when you're starting out, right? If you have, once you get that first person, my opinion and where I'm going with this is like, if I can get that first person in the door, who's got some SEO experience, then I can build a whole system and process around them to then bring in people who've never learned this before right. But trying to bring somebody in who has nothing and then build an entire, it's going to take longer and they're going to be sitting around for a bit. So I really was looking for that initial experience and then figuring out how to teach them, right? Like what are, what are the things that I need off my plate right now? So when I hired my marketing manager a few years ago, which is actually the same specialist we're hiring right now, I was like, I need somebody who can write. I need somebody who can learn how to do GarageBand and my podcasts. Um, I need someone who can post to social. So who already has a little bit of that experience that I could build on? And it got to the point where I I remember he wrote me a blog post that was, I didn't know what to do with it. It it was such a jumbled mess. I was like, I don't even know how to edit this. I'm going to end up rewriting it if I even like begin to remotely Figure out how to give you feedback on this. And so, all I did at the very top was write three things. I forget what they all are, but one of them was go look at a previous post that I already did. Right. Break it down into small chunks was my second post. Like, you don't need to write a novel here. Like, we're talking about three specific takeaways that you're taking from the podcast. And from those two to three things that I gave him, he came back and it was spot on. Lovely. Right. Like, that's, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for somebody who can take that feedback and immediately implement it. And, and they're there. Like, I, I didn't have to go and rewrite the whole post for him to show him what it looked like. I just gave him three clear points of feedback and like, there it was right. That's, that's what you're looking for. People who can do that.
1: I think you just summed this up perfectly because he nailed it because for us i mean i know i'm this way and I, from your story right there you're just summing it up perfectly and for those of you listening that are in leadership have a team or own your business you know this when you see something like that what goes through your head is like oh my god i don't know if this person is going to get it i don't know if they get it let me let me write this to them and give them that opportunity and then when they come back like when he came back like that the, the feeling of empowerment that comes over you and relief and like, yes, they're coachable. Yes, they can do this. And yes, I don't have to hold their hand. I can literally just do like go back and do this. They are empowered to learn. They're empowered to go back. But what's so beautiful about what he did is he was independent enough to go back and was not like picking up the phone going, but Carrie, um, where is that blog post? And what is the format? And so it's that beautiful independence that's there. And so I think what you just, the advice that you just gave is again, invaluable because that's really what you're looking for. You're looking for someone who is, I mean, we always see this in the post, right? Self-star. Independent. I mean, what does that truly mean, right there? Boom, mic drop. What you just said—that is what we're looking for because we're not asking for these people who are, you know, you know, one, two years into their career to know everything. We're not asking for that, but we're asking for them to have enough wits about them (laughs) to go and follow the guidance, right? And start to get things right. You're not going to get it right every time, but follow the feedback and be coachable. So I think that's really, really crucial. What you just said, the difference between my example, that gives us a heart attack when that person is just calling us nonstop because we don't have the time or the bandwidth. We want to spend the time guiding them and giving them the tools on the more important stuff. You want to teach them the gritty stuff that's going to get them through life and make them an expert. You don't want to teach them how to write a blog post line by line, right? So I love that he came back and did that. That is very valuable. And I want to go back to another thing you said, Carrie, actually throughout this entire podcast, you keep talking about how you're really restructuring and building your team and you're turning them all into leaders. And this is something I really believe in obviously because this podcast is about leadership but it's also how do we keep building and getting better? But you're a good leader is always creating more leaders and I think that's what you're doing. But everything you're explaining right now, you're creating leads within your infrastructure now and as your team is growing in this new infrastructure that you're creating, they're able to to coach and they want to coach and carry that down. So I think I, as I'm listening to you compared to the last time that we chatted,
2: that's a huge infrastructure change too. I love it. I think that's really important. I believe that all managers need to be leaders, but not all leaders need to be managers. And what I mean by that is that if you're If you're in a manager role where you're taking on the responsibility of people and their needs, both in life and in work, you need to be creating them as new leaders. I totally agree with you, Maya. It's all about creating more leaders inside out. However, there are some people who don't want to manage people. And that's absolutely fine. But that doesn't mean you can't influence outcomes. And that doesn't mean that you can't take opportunity to look at the people around you and figure out how to level them up. And I 100% agree that I, I am working because in order to create any sort of change, we need more people who are thinking about how to empower others. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? There's four types of leadership, according to Brené Brown, Right. Power over, which is what none of us want to do ever, unless we want to be the next dictator. Uh, we'll, ugh, shut, shut it up. down. No, Just no. Stop that right now. <laughs> Never <laughs> want to power over people. That's telling them what to do. That's telling them how to feel. That's my way or the highway. And that's not how you bring people through and up and create more leaders. So power over, we're done with you. And then there's power with, which is where you're partnering with people. You're ultimately the decision maker, but you need to hear other people's decisions. I use this one a lot need to hear other people's decisions to figure out how am I going to make this decision but I need people with me to figure out what that looks like power 2 is when you give power back to your team and say you got this i'm here if you fall i'm here to guide you through what this decision looks like but like you clearly got this you don't you don't need me to make the decision go go to you got you know more power to you and then power within, which is, you know, power within you that's then bringing out the power of others. And so, you know, I truly believe if no matter which power you choose other than power over, um, it is it is the ability to bring people together and create more leaders and create um, opportunity for people to move through their careers in a really thoughtful, engaging way than just being told what to do all the time.
1: Absolutely. And I love that you brought those four up because that's so true. And everyone has at least one of those. And that's what people don't realize sometimes is they're like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a manager. I'm not over people. So no, I'm not, I'm not in leadership. I'm not a leader. What we always say on the podcast is you are, you're a leader. You're the leader of your life. So you have leadership in you. So you are one of those four styles, hopefully not, the first one if you are let's reevaluate please and get rid of that. together
2: on that <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> and let's tap into one of one of the other three but i find in my opinion that Typically, it's the last one, the fourth one that you mentioned. Those are the the people that typically don't realize that they have leadership skills within them. You know, they don't always understand that. And I think what you said is phenomenal. You all managers must be leaders. You have to be, because you are empowering other people. You have to have one of those three, not the the first (laughs) styles, right? And and to empower people. And a lot of times it's it's a combination, you're using a combination of those. At least I that's my experience in leadership, you know, and I think that's a really beautiful dance that you do. Um, I don't believe in the, the dictatorship so <laughs> just not me. And and I carry you and I are on the same page there. But you know, you don't have to manage, you're absolutely right. You don't have to be a manager to lead, and that is the point on this podcast. So Thank you for sharing that. You just completely did another mic drop moment here. I'd love that. Carrie, before we close out, is there any other last tidbits of advice that we left out today on this? Just so many great nuggets of information that you want to share.
2: This is probably a whole other can of worms by us. So sorry, not sorry, but I- That's okay, bring it up. I do think it's important to mention, you know, in listening to your audience in terms of hiring, especially of like what people are saying that they want from a hiring perspective, got to share the salary people. You just do like, I mean, this was all my heart in the nicest way possible, but like, we need to get over ourselves and figure out how to do that. And so I'm going to give you what we did, take it or leave it, but it's just about problem solving. So for me being a remote company first, the, my hardest challenge in doing that was like, well, if you live in different places then you should be making different money and the, and the answer is no um, to that. And so we just picked We picked a city that made sense for us. So we have people in Portland. And so we just said, listen, we're just going to bring everybody's salary up to Portland. And then we're going to create these tiers based off of this new structure and hierarchy we have. And here's our salary structure. And here it is. And then it was really easy to post and make public because we made it public internally. And then we made it publicly externally. There's just no reason to not be doing that now. And I understand there's struggles. And I'm not saying it's not hard. It's really hard. Figure out why it's hard and then figure out how to overcome that internally first and then get to a place where you can share it externally. But until then, you're going to get a lot of pushback and you're not going to get as many people applying and it's going to be a really hard road until you can get that public. No, I'm happy you brought this up. I think this is a great topic and I think
1: it marries perfectly with everything that you've said. Because this is something that really strong companies, doesn't matter the size, doesn't matter if you have five employees or 5,000 or 10,000 or 100,000, does not matter. The strong companies are doing this now because they know that's a competitive advantage. And so I really commend you for doing this, uh, Carrie. And I love that you're saying, figure it out internally first, because that's where you're going to have the issues, right? You don't want to piss off your people first, right? Exactly. but. I actually really love that you used Portland because it's not a cheap city to live in. It's a really great range. And I know that you have history there. So it works. It connects um, for your brand, for your company. So it makes sense for you, right? And so I think this is... Again, in my opinion, I think this is wonderful advice. You use that city because it connects to you. It connects to your brand. It connects to your company. And if you look at us as uh, holistically in the United States, it's not an inexpensive city. You didn't pick like middle of nowhere. I don't know. I don't want to offend a state. So middle of nowhere, Midwest state, I'll just say, <laughs> keep it a little vague But you know what I'm saying? You didn't pick a small town and then say, okay, we're going to use that. No, you're being realistic with a city, but you also didn't pick, you know, Manhattan
2: it's, you know, I mean, it's, you got to
0: pick up yeah. a, a little bit. San Francisco,
2: bit Manhattan San Francisco
1: are the two. Exactly. San yeah. Fran. And, and, and even yeah.
2: Philadelphia is a bit like.
1: Oh yeah. They're very high now. Very yeah, high. Surprisingly. Yeah. So yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it's not to say we don't hire people in those places. We're just very clear about what the salary is and what they get on the flip side of that. Right. So, um, and we don't negotiate, right? Like this is the starting salary. We don't, if, If we have to negotiate, then we have to bring everybody's salary up internally. And I've already set my budgets for the year. So this is where we are. It's not to say this is a budget forever. The other thing I'm doing is come January, I'm going to look at inflation and I'm going to bump everybody's salary for inflation. And then I'll do, and then I'll look at performance and then we'll put, we'll make performance separate. But like, this is the time we live in and this is what people are asking for. And we can ignore it all we want, or we can get out in front of it and plan for it and be thoughtful and mindful about it.
1: I love it. I love it. I agree with you so, so much. And even though I don't have any, I have contractors, I operate totally differently, but I Live in a world of transparency as well. There, we talk transparency, like transparency is number one for me. We do not, there's no negotiation. This is what the rate is. This is what you do. I just, why? There's no time for this, you know? Like, this is, I don't know. Maybe you guys feel differently. Would love to hear from you on this, but I think this is where it's going. And if you want the competitive advantage and you want to get the best people, I think you got to do it, right, Carrie?
2: Listen to your audience. They're telling you what they want. Yeah, it is what it is. Carrie, I'm so glad
1: you came back on the show. This was an amazing conversation. It looks like we'll have another one in the future. I mean, you're just continually evolving. This is so great. So tell everybody where they can find you again. Of course, I'll put it in the show notes again, but where can they find MKG Marketing? And of course you, you're very active on LinkedIn. I know that, but where can we find you?
2: you can find me on LinkedIn, Carrie Guard, and then our website's mkgmarketinginc.com. And I also host the podcast Tea Time for Tech Marketing Leaders. So I'm all over.
1: That's right. We got to uh, tag your uh, podcast too. That's fabulous. Awesome. Carrie. thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on your journey. This is awesome. Thank you for having me, Maya. So good to see you again. Awesome. And thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you back here next week on My Opinion.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion Podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion Podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.